Welcome to Fly on the Wall, a podcast where you have the opportunity to listen in on a live coaching conversation. Please make sure to like and subscribe. And now for today's episode. Always good to hang out with the Reverend Tony Most High in San Diego, California. But uh, yeah, dude, how can I serve you today? What do you, what do you want to talk about? Well, but I appreciate it, man. Yeah, you know, we, we've been hitting the ground running for sure. You know, the first of the year, I'm, I'm very excited. We, we're starting to see our, our comeback numbers percentages wise higher than they were you know, like the last six months of 2021. So that's encouraging. Our numbers are like, our finances are super strong. Uh, so I have no issue there. I think, you know, Chris, and I was talking about this before, and I think this is probably kind of always plays over in my mind and my heart. I've never lacked vision, right? I've never lacked the ideas or the, you know, the, the concepts or, you know, the 25 things I want to do in the church and that kind of stuff. But, but it's the chasm, the Grand Canyon chasm between, vision and execution and implementation that always probably and some of it's a horse's issue it's horses pulling the wagons enough people and and right now you know we have struggled to get not just people back but leaders back we lost our entire children's you know volunteers like just bounced during COVID so so I think that's probably at the forefront this year it's been that's my kind of mantra on my on my to-do list is execution 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 so uh, so maybe speak to that on kind of that that tie from initial vision to final implementation execution of an idea strategy. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, well, do do you think? Well, I don't I, I don't know this for to be true, but um, do you think that maybe maybe there's sometimes where you you're giving out too much vision or too many projects or too many ideas? that you have the capacity to do two and you're giving out four. Um, and that, you know, again, that's just, a, you don't have to even answer it or whatever, but just keep that in mind. Like, yes, I, I, I can get that way. You know, I mean, I'm a very high energy person. I love vision, love ideas, love concepts. And, you know, I got, a, I got teams that are telling me, dude, we're, we're trying to do this and you're already laying out four other things. And, um, I do think that you have to find proper rhythms uh, and the ability to release vision at the right time. I do think that. Uh, the other thing is, if you have only, and I don't know who your top three or four people are, but I would look at your top three or four people and say, are they ideation people or are they implementing people? There's ideation and implementers. And uh, for instance, I've at times gotten uh, frustrated uh, and struggled to get, man, it's like we've got all this vision and nothing's happening. And literally it was, oh, I don't know, 18 months ago, two years ago, I don't know. But I'll, I'll never forget one of our key guys looked at me and goes, hey, you're a little bit frustrated that things aren't happening. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, there's six of us in the room. And he threw my own teaching back in my face. He goes, is anybody in this room implementers? And everybody's like, nope. They go, nope. So we've got six creatives, six yeah. big vision guys, and no one implementing. And yes. that's when we realized, wait a minute, um, we have to change that. And yeah. so we literally changed it. We said, okay, you're going to move over here. We're going to take that guy, move him to the table, to this person to the table, because... These guys are implementers. They don't live in ideation world. They live in implementation world. And that changed everything. I think that's the thing that you have to look at 
<clears throat> because if there's a problem from vision to implementation, you're not a person that lacks vision. I've known you a long time. You're a guy that's always got great ideas. Implementation may not be the people that you have attracted or that you have on your team. You gotta have, I always say dreamer, designer, developer, it's the same thing. You gotta have someone that's like, I'm dreaming it, but who's gonna actually build this thing? Who's gonna actually yeah. make sure it happens? So I think that's a worthy thing for you to look at. It's, it's not, I don't think there's a big, Tony, I don't think there's a big like uh, magic trick to it or, ooh, that's something new. It's just, who's at the table? You know, who's at the table? Because if everybody here is uh, ideation, we're not getting anything done. If everybody's here is implementers, we're never going to have any vision. You got to have both. That's good, Chris. You know, I, I've been, you know, I, I learned this from you a long time ago uh, to beta test everything. You know, and I've and I, I I use that because that way, if it does if it doesn't work, we're only doing this for ninety days, right? You know, and so so I learned that from you years ago, and it's worked. And and if it, if it works and if the idea works, then you just run with. It. If not, hey, we're only gonna do it for ninety days anyway, and we moved on. I think the like what you said, speaking to the first thing that you brought up, I think that's really key for me. Is you know the eighteen twenty five things, even bring it down to four instead of four. You said that maybe even two, because I think what happens is I get caught trying to start four things. And maybe all of them, I don't want to say fail, all of them maybe get off the ground, but then just kind of tank whether lack of leadership or just, you know, doesn't have my hand in it or, or someone else that's really going to be an implementer. So it looked like four things failed, not just I got one thing rolling and then pass it on to someone else. So so I, I appreciate that because I think I get caught up trying to too many hands in the cookie jar, trying to get things done at one time, you know, because I, I mean, our churches, all of our churches have needs right now, a ton of needs. And there's things that we want to see happen this year, you know, in this culture right now. So, so I, I appreciate that. I'm going to look at that and go, okay, what, and I am trying to create a kind of a 2.0 version of our leadership team. Cause right now our leadership team has gotten older. I say older, they were the grinders when we started the church 10 years ago, who were the unload the trailer guys, the, the, those were, but to have someone at the table with me who can be the ideation people. And then the, we have a couple people on staff and on the team who I, I would say would be the implementers who would, who would take it and run with it. So, but I've never looked at it like dividing the squad. Like you said, you had six in the room. They're all the same, you know, like I've never looked at it like that, but I, that, that really helps kind of bring clarity to the idea of you're in one of two camps, either you're on the ideation side or on the implementation side. That really, that really makes sense. Yeah. I would, and I would add one more thing to it because you, you, you never lack ideas or vision is knowing. So ideation, implementation, separate that out. Know that, you got to have both in the room or yes. at least the implementer needs to be brought to the table at some point, whether that they're in the whole meeting, part of the meeting, you have a meeting with them after, I don't know, whatever, but you've got to make sure the implementer is mixed in with ideation or you're, you're going to have an issue. That's one thing. Second thing is be, and this is a whole different, I go a long time on this alone, but, um, one thing I would really encourage you, Tony, is, is to ask yourself this question on, on any vision and really on any way that you spend your time. But the, so vision and time is, here's the question, is where I'm spending my time and the vision that I'm about to cast, is it mission critical? Hmm. We spend a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of resources, a lot of equity, on non-mission critical things. Yeah. Is it mission critical? 
Is it the thing that matters the most? Is it the thing that is going to get us further, faster, bigger, better? Is it? And bro, I'm telling you, if, if, if an average person, average pastor could somehow keep track literally like you know maybe like the truman show having some (laughs) have some camera watching your life for for the entire monday through friday during their 40-hour work week or whatever you want to call it i wonder if there was if there was a mission critical non-mission critical there was sort of a minute calculator if you will how many minutes are spent on non-mission versus missional wow like okay What's missional? We got to develop an incredible amount of leaders. Okay, how much time do you actually spend in 40 hours doing that? Yeah. If that's mission critical, then how much of that is really happening? Uh, and we end up in the non-mission credit. So look at your time, but look at your vision and your energy. Okay, yeah, ideation, implementation, when you get the vision, but before you even get to there, your vision, your time, your energy, your focus, your brain power, it's got to be on the mission critical. Everything can't be important or that's important. So it's got to be something that's like, that's mission critical. Jesus was that way. Yeah. I, I was reading recently that, um, you know, and who knows if it's accurate exactly, but it's a good thought. 70% of his time was spent with the disciples. Well, why? Yeah. Because they were going to launch the church. And if he didn't spend 70% of his time with... <laughs> the people that were going to launch the church, you and I aren't sitting here today. Like now think about this, go even farther. If he spent 70% of his time with disciples, how many things that didn't get recorded in the Bible did he have to say no to? (laughs) Think about it. And let me even take it farther. Clearly the disciples didn't have a problem saying no because they told children, stay away. Children. That's right. Yes. So, clearly they didn't have a problem saying no. Now I know I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm finding this in the Bible, just connecting the dots. They didn't have a problem saying no, must've been somewhat of the norm because you're spending 70% of your time with the disciples. I always say Jesus didn't go to the bathroom, but we doesn't say in the Bible he did, but he did. It only says, I think two or three times in the Bible he ate. I got to imagine he did more than just twice. So just because it's not recorded doesn't mean it didn't happen. Logically, he spent 70% of his time with his disciples because that was mission critical for the future of the church. Wow. That just tells you he had to say no to a ton of other things Yes, because they weren't mission critical. They were important. They were good. They were nice. They were meaningful. Uh, but they weren't mission critical. Wow. Man, that's good. That's good sermon right there, buddy. (laughs) 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 I just thought I'd turn this into a sermon. (laughs) But anyway, think about mission critical. I have a whole, I got a lot of other things I could say about that, but um, I have a whole thing I do on it, but. um, And something else too, Chris, like kind of, kind of, you know, following this up with trying to find, you know, the right seat for each person, whether it's, you know, the, uh, you know, so so in this in this era that we all find ourselves in, all churches, yeah. uh, you know, I've never been a good recruiter anyway, but I find it's it's even harder to recruit leaders now. You know, it's hard to recruit. You know, people just don't want they're they're just content chiming in online, whether they're still you know stay at homers or they're actually attend. 
and no one really, it feels, it feels like not as many people want to get involved again. So any tactics toward recruitment and getting new people, fresh people on the team? Uh, and what does that look like? Cause I, you know, I'm finding that's hard on, in every department, in every area from worship to children's to guest services, first impression, whatever it is, it's hard to just get new people on board right now. Whatever COVID produced, the 18 to 24 months of, of apathy, of, of developing habits, of, of not coming just in general church, let alone serving. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's left us in a little bit of a, of a shorthanded, not too deep at every post in many areas. Yeah, uh, it's great. And you're talking about leaders or volunteers or both? Both. Yeah. Yeah. Probably more volunteers right now, but yes, in the future leaders as well beyond staff, you know, yeah. but mainly volunteers right now. Yeah. I was just doing a coaching call just uh, earlier today and um, kind of the same kind of concept came up because it's all over the place. Everybody's talking about it. Every church I talked to was like, we can't get volunteers back. You know, I mean, our numbers are starting to come back slowly and surely, but you know, the volunteer, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a record. I keep, keeps playing. Yes. Uh, I can tell you this. Um, one is um, <clears throat> I've heard it from several churches and I made, first of all, I made this statement shift from attendance to engagement. Hmm. Everybody's focused on attendance, focus on engagement, getting people involved. Secondly, um, you got to get a staff or a team rallied around the idea that we want to engage and involve people at a level we've never done before. Yeah. And let me tell you what I told this guy earlier on the, on a coaching call was what I did with a few other churches across the nation. Uh, and it, it's working every church I've told this to, it works. I sell them this, I go, bring your staff together and watch this, Tony. If you were to say to your staff, I don't know what your church runs right now, but let's just say whatever number runs. If you're like, by the end of the year, we want to be 300 people or whatever. Um, <clears throat> if, if you're saying by the end of the year, we want to be 300 people and you got your five staff members, what are those five actually going to do about it? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> like, what, what are you, we're going to go to 300 by the end of the year and they'll be like, all right, that sounds good. And <laughs> let's go to lunch. You know, they're not going to like, what are they going to do about it? Nothing. If you say to them, in the next 90 days, we're going to recruit 25 new people or in the next 60 days, you're going to do five. 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 I'm going to do five. Now we have a team accountability. Yeah. Which is called self-directed leadership, but it's, it's team accountability where we're directing to each other and to ourselves that we're all accountable to one another. Um, and now we come back the next week and go, Oh, you got one, you got one, you got one. Okay. We're up to five. Our goal is 25. We've got 20 more to go. Yeah. Two things are going to happen. Well, several things. One, you're going to have cross accountability happening. You're going to have laser focus happening. People are going to feel pressure, including yourself. Like I got to deliver because I got my number I got to reach. That's right. Uh, you're going to get more volunteers. You're going to get new blood because that's what they have to focus on. And your church will actually grow because every one person get involved, it grows two people. That's right. Now, again, and it's something that they can tangibly look at and tangibly marked. We're going to be 300 by the end of the year means nothing. Yeah. No accountability to them. No tangibility to them. No, nothing, no responsibility. Flip it and go, let's focus on engagement. And we're all going to go, we're all going to set a goal and have 25 in the next 60 days or whatever the number is. Now it's tangible. It's accountable. It's responsible. Everybody's got to own it. Everybody knows it. 
No one wants to be the only one that didn't come through. You know, uh, they get new blood. And now what happened is this. They all learned to be recruiters. The number of volunteers went up and the church number went up. Everybody wins. And then what do you do at the end of the 60 days? Run it back and do the play. Yep. Do it again. Bro, I have done this in multiple states with multiple churches. And to date, I don't have one church that's called me back going, it ain't working. Every one of them go, dude, it's working. We went for 60, we got 59. One short, that's an ace, buddy. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got one guy that was going after, I think, 30 in a certain amount of time. And they got 33. So they went over and they ran wow. the play back. Then the next 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 60 days, they were able to get 25. They were short, but they ran it back. And sure. But dude, their attendance is growing and because of this. And yeah. other staff is just recruiting. They just, it's become a habit. It's one thing I always say about leaders. Um, man, never bring someone on your team who's not, I shouldn't say never, but uh <laughs> Especially if you're going to hire someone, it's got to be someone that knows how to raise up leaders and recruit. Yeah. Yeah. What else are they here to do? That's right. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, there's other things, but it's like, that's got to be a main thing. So anyway, there's that's your answer. Good, good stuff, yeah. man. Thank Shift you. to engagement away from attendance and you'll end up getting the attendance, but you'll also get a growing staff ownership, responsibility, accountability, and a lot more volunteers. And I'm telling you, they'll say, cause they always do this, Tony. I hear it all the time. I'm in, I'm in a staff meeting in Pennsylvania with a church and there's five there. We can't get anybody. Okay. Let's all be brutally, insanely honest. How many people have you talked to in the last four Sundays about joining your team? Be honest, bro. The numbers do not come back strong. <laughs> it's like, well, I can't get anybody. Well, he asked one person in the last four weeks. Yeah. If you talk to 10, you'll probably get three. That's right. It's wow. not magical. It's just mathematical. <clears throat> that's oh. good man anyway that's what i would do that's perfect i know we're running out of time but no, 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 uh, keep going. you're one, good yeah one one last thing in yeah. in the adopting uh your discover model which 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 worked really well for us pre-covid uh have you guys had any success at south hills with doing an online option or a, a, like a zoom option like this for the discover piece, or is that critical that it is in person, that it is some skin in the game where I'm coming after church, doing the, the hour after service? Like what, have you had any, any, any hybrid to that in, in a COVID world? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll broaden it past South Hills. I'll broaden it to churches that I work with because interestingly, um, and I don't know why, I don't have the answer for this. I've seen online discover, um, discover being that next step, you know, kind of like they come to church and then, you, you know, they go to the welcome center and now they're in discover and it's a one hour class about how to engage people in that discover of where they come and learn about the church and opportunities to serve. I've seen that version. Some people do a pizza with the pastor or whatever, but that version of learning about the church and getting people engaged, I've seen it at some churches work online and I've seen some not really. I've looked at their quality. I'm like the same quality. And I don't know, if it's the, the, the community, I don't know if it's the demographic. Hmm. I don't know if it's, um, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't have the answer. <clears throat> Again, back to earlier, beta test. I think it's worth beta testing. That's for sure. Sure. Um, I've seen two online things that people have tried. Some have worked it, some have done it. Uh, so I'll say, yes, try it for sure. 
Yeah. Who knows if it'll work? Uh, secondly, I've seen people do real well. My buddy Jim did real well in, in Cincinnati. He's, he did, um, <clears throat> okay, he's having a good online presence. And then he actually pushed people from online presence to do online Meet the Pastor. Wow. And then at the Meet the Pastor online, which was dessert with the pastor, digital dessert with the pastor. Everybody's on there and they're just eating ice cream and goofing off and he's the pastor. And then he's, then he says, now this is what he did. He went from online to on-site by online to dessert with the pastor digitally to, Hey, um, if you live locally, we're doing a thing called, you know, pizza with the pastor or discover or whatever, whatever, where you can learn more about the church. And he chose not to do discover online, but because he had his digital so strong over here, his Dessert with the pastor, he's getting 10, 15 people. Wow. New people. And they're like, how many of you live within 10 miles? Eight of us. Okay. Eight of you do. Um, I want you guys to come on, come on site. So I love the fact that people are experimenting because yes. if it doesn't, here's the funny thing is people get afraid of experimenting. I'm like, do digital dessert. Well, what if no one shows up? I go, then there's no egg on your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one even knows that no one showed up. What do you care? You know, uh, there's no, and if it only ends up being one person, that person doesn't care. They don't know if five people are supposed to be there or not. Right. There's so many things that you could digitally try out. See if it works. I would. It's good, man. Beta test it, you know, and try different things. Like, well, what if we did this? What if we did this? You know, and what if we tried it this way? Uh, just try it out. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. I'd like to say it all works. It doesn't. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, I don't know why. Dude, we had the funniest thing happen in the South Hills. Both campuses tried something. They're probably 40 minutes apart. Wildly successful, wildly not. And I'm like, they're only 40 miles apart. Yeah. Just, okay, well then you do it this way and you do it this way. The end result we want is the same, but we don't really care. <laughs> Just get it done. The point is, is like, it's amazing to me how it can work at one or the other, but don't be afraid to try. That's right. What's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. Nothing. No one shows up. You're like, okay, <laughs> go back to watching Wheel of Fortune tonight. Whatever you do. <laughs> so whatever you do. But I hope that helps, man. Yeah, man. It does a ton, bro. Thank you so awesome. much. Bro. Awesome. I really well, dude, it. man, it's always good talking with you. And, uh, and thanks uh, for including yeah. me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Love you, bro. Okay, you too, man. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for stopping by today. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and to be on the lookout for more podcasts from Fly on the Wall. See you next time.